Now, I want to talk to Laura Tingle, who is without doubt the most amazing multitasker. Not content with being the chief political correspondent for 7.30, not content with being the staff-elected member of the ABC board, not content with being a columnist for the Fin Review. She's also, of course, a heavy hitter with the National Press Club. And Twiggy Forrest has uh, been there, uh, Laura, on this very day, and he didn't hold back in his criticisms over failure to move away from fossil fuels. He didn't hold back, Philip. And, um, I mean, I've got to say, I, I was recalling earlier occasions when Twiggy Forrest turned up at the press club to also not hold back on a range of issues, including um, the Labor's resources tax. But it's interesting, uh, the coalition was more in his sights today. Uh, now, of course, a few things have happened in the intervening period, Philip. Um, most notably, uh, Twiggy Forrest has discovered the joys of renewable energy and green hydrogen uh, and so he's now sort of in the renewables camp and uh, is uh, was basically um, being very rude about uh, suggestions that we should be moving towards nuclear power and was saying that this was all a bit of an effort by the um, by the fossil fuel industry to sort of delay the debate about about fossil about um, getting rid of fossil fuels so he spoke with extreme candour. I understand he used yes. the term BS. He did. He did. Um, and of course, do you think? Do you think I can immediately find the quote, which I, which I put aside, um, especially for you, uh, for this very purpose, Philip? But um, yes, no. He he was he was very scathing, and he may have used um, unladylike language, which of course something I never do. Okay. Now he said that if uh, we get the, the next few years wrong. Australia's economy and is going to be pretty dire. Uh, well, absolutely. And uh, he's, uh, I mean, he was singing from a very similar song sheet to um, the former head of the ACCC and uh, the economist Ross Garno in sort of arguing we've got to, we not, not only have to use uh, renewable energies for our energy uses, but um, to sort of really look at things like green hydrogen and, um, and things like that to manufacture things here. Twiggy also backed a, uh, a climate trigger in environmental law, which would allow the feds to step in and overrule the states. He, look, yes, I've got to say, I'm, I'm still a little bit in shock from all of this, Philip, because, um, you know, Twiggy Forest sort of calling for quite so many interventions is just been a little bit for my for my mind to deal with. But, yes, so he's um, he's now saying, look, I've, I'm, I'm, I sort of understand and know what has to happen here and I, I know the economics and I've actually started projects up and I think it's fine to have such a trigger to, uh, to get things going through. Okay, the states will be thrilled to hear that. Now, education has been a major, major topic over the last few days and uh, this is one of the big ticket items Labor wants to uh, address before the federal budget, Laura. Well, I think um, it will be a a lot more than just the federal budget, Philip, uh, given the size of um, the report that Jason Clare, the education minister, released uh, on the weekend and uh, and the number of recommendations it's got. I mean, those of us who are a little bit uh, long in the tooth remember all the various rec- reform uh, attempts uh, for higher education uh, going back to Gough Whitlam, really, but 
um, in the last 30 years, or certainly since John Dawkins' reforms, there have been two or three goes at it, not always successful. Uh, the Gillard government um, had the Bradley Review, which was basically about just opening up the number of places to cope with the demand that was coming along. Then the coalition came along and changed that. And then they had the so-called Job Ready Scheme, which you'll remember massively ramped up the cost uh, for doing something like an arts degree and reduced it for other things uh, in order to allegedly uh, to uh, sort of address our skills shortages. Now, it did nothing to change people's preferences and, in fact, arts enrolments actually went up. Um, so this new report, uh, which has been released, has a whole range of things which are quite massive. I mean, it's not just about... Uh, the, the uh, recommendations to you know, unwind those Morrison reforms and um, essentially put the cost of courses on the, on the footing of what you might eventually earn from them in the future, to re, uh, rework uh, hex debts so that they're not quite so onerous at bad stages of your life. But it's talking about um, new funding models for the universities, a new regulator. Uh, is pay, is pay, this a... a, a a Ted Gonski-like? It is Gonski-like, in fact. I mean, it's sort of saying that the um, that the various universities need to have subsidies or um, f uh, weightings on their funding based on their uh, on their sort of facilities. So, that, for example, you know, universities that are uh, doing it tougher um, in in more um, socioeconomically. Uh, disadvantaged areas would get more assistance. Now, needless to say, the big universities aren't thrilled about this idea, dear Philip, and I think a lot of it's going to be stuff that will take a long time to implement. But I think in the short term, there'll be some measures in the budget, um, possibly these changes to the um, course fees and or HEX payments, because um, some of the sort of academics who know this area very well say you could possibly do that without it being a huge cost if you're cutting if you're uh, cutting the uh, fees for some uh, degrees but putting them up on others, for example. Does the vision splendid give the possibility of, uh, well, going back to, to Goff's dream of uh, free tertiary education? No, um, because it's only ever free for the students, uh, Philip, and uh, somebody's going to have to pay for it. I think it was the rationale of, of the Dawkins era reforms. But I think uh, it will be interesting to see you know, how it does affect things. Uh, we had Bruce Chapman on the program tonight on 7.30, who, of course, is regarded as the architect or father of HEX. And he said that ultimately the thing that drove people from uh, lower socioeconomic groups into universities was the access provided by having bigger universities. And, uh, and so the question is, how do we fund what in Australia are very big institutions uh, and you know uh, uh, that are spread out uh, geographically across the country, and that's that's going to be the you know ninety gazillion dollar question about how federal governments uh, intervene to give those funds out in the future. My pacemaker heart was uh, well, it almost exploded when I read the revelation by the education union that five private schools spent more on capital works than 3,300 public schools. 
that they are staggering numbers, aren't they? Um, I, I suppose it, it's really terrible that somehow it didn't really surprise me because the uh, going right back to the famous education revolution of the Rudd-Gillard years, um, the amounts of money that started to be revealed being spent in some private schools versus public schools has sort of been an ongoing story for a decade. But uh, the question is, what do you do about it, Philip? And um, that was something that the education ministers were going to consider when they met on Friday. And um, you'll be astonished to know that they've set up a subcommittee to look at the new uh, education funding agreement, um, you know, brackets, watch this space at some point in the future, which is where those sorts of questions about how you try to deal with that um, apparent inequity um, in, in um, facilities can be dealt with. On to housing, and uh, the Greens will vote against Labor's help to buy scheme. Uh, what reasons are they giving? Um, well, cynics would say it's because they know housing's quite a good po political issue for them, but they're essentially saying, I think, uh, as they've said on other issues, that it's not something that's going to be adequately sufficient to make a big difference to the housing situation, and they're you know, pushing for um, a lot more. Um, so... Uh, this is going to be interesting. Um, they, uh, they, the Greens essentially say that um, that uh, they won't back it, which means that when it gets to the Senate, uh, the government needs um, the, the Greens' votes. Of course, we had an earlier fight about um, other issues through the Housing Future Fund. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, tactically the government does to proceed with its uh, various housing measures. <laughs> Now, of course, housing prices and the cost of living will be the major factors in the Dunkley by-election this weekend. But Advance Australia has been hoping to focus on the refugee issue. doesn't seem to have worked. Uh, well, it's, it's hard to tell, Philip. I mean, this is one of the sort of interesting things about Dunkley, whatever the result is. Um, my illustrious colleague, Nikki Sava, has documented... Uh, at some length um, in her columns, you know, the role that Advance Australia is playing in Dunkley as it did in the voice referendum. And we don't see a lot of that. It's not as uh, conspicuous as um, as it might otherwise be. But it's interesting that um, the uh, coalition has been running on a range of well, first it ran on refugees and it's been running on um, migrants in um, in the House of Representatives today. And it's also been uh, running on the whole um, government is going to ruin your uh, weekend and make your car too expensive <laughs> stuff all over again. But I think the interesting things about uh, Dunkley, Philip, I mean, both sides expect Labor will probably hold on, but co the coalition will make some inroads. And I think... Um, in that sort of cost of living question linked to that, um, which we've seen in a couple of polls today, is the fact that people think that the uh, change in tax cuts the government announced a few weeks ago were a good idea, but they haven't necessarily um, translated that into a better uh, poll uh, reading for the government nationally, even though it's leading... Um, uh, the coalition in Dunkley and in and in some polls in a two-party preferred way, that's not entirely surprising in the sense that Labor actually thought it was going to do much worse as a result of breaking its promise. So probably they would be pragmatically thinking that it's, you know, a neutral result, if you like, in terms of the poll reaction to those tax cuts. 
The voice of uh, multitasking and multi-talented Laura Tingle, among whose many hats, Chief Political Correspondent 7.30. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.